this out. Okay, welcome to the Foundations Podcast today. Pastor Paul, good morning. Good morning, Steve. And uh, we're here, and we have a whole new uh, subject matter that we're going to be dealing with today. I'm not sure how far this is going to go or how long this is going to go or a podcast or whatever, but we'll, we'll, we're going to get through it because this particular subject is really hitting our world today. We see it. You, you cannot avoid this if you turn your television set on. Uh, things that, you, you know, what's going on within the schools and our kids are being taught. Um, and this is, this is actually something that we're dealing with um, in our modern day and in the church as well. And that's what, uh, uh, when, when things happen like this, we want to Take a look at it, examine it, and then see what is the church's response? What is the church's, um, you know, uh, biblically, how does the Bible respond to this? How, how important should this be in our lives? What should we do? How should we react to this? And today what we're going to do is we're talking about woke. Wokeism, I don't know how you want to call it. We talk, uh, talk about a woke gospel um, and you hear this term being said a lot today, especially over the last few years now, uh, about talking about being woke. Now, uh, from my understanding, Pastor Paul, this woke is not new. It's not a new term. No. This happened, they, they had this many years ago, I think, so the, some, uh, somebody had said. And, um, but we, we uh, for, for our sake, let's, let's get a definition. Let's get a de definition. What does the term woke mean? Well, I mean, it depends on if we're looking at it from a church standpoint or a secular. I mean, it's all secular, but... Yeah. Uh, well, woke is the ideal, as I heard one minister say, we need to wake up to the issues of injustice. It's primarily against uh, minorities mm -hmm. and... Uh, and anyway, it also uh, further seems to uh, offer a protection against those in the LGBTQ community and uh, and the transsexual movement, and all of that's tied up in that woke movement. Yeah. And unfortunately, it's got in the church, and it's so shocking uh, to to see that. Um, yeah. But anyway, well, I mean, but that sort of that, that kind sort of, of summarizes it. Kind of summarize it, you know. So it it, it wokeism is is that uh, here I'm going to read Merriam-Webster. Here we go. Okay. Let's get that. It says being aware of or actively attentive to important facts and issues, especially issues of racial racial sorry and social justice. Um. So. 
what we what we're talking about here is social justice. Now, my hesitation on on a part is says should we even deal with this or whatever? But the 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 problem here is this: the church so many times looks to well we have to live within a world that is that evolves around us. It's kind of like we're not all segregated off here into our own little community and everybody, whatever is going on. But we, uh, I mean, as Christians, our children go to public schools. Our ch- uh, we are involved and we listen to television. We're involved in our jobs and in our different communities and that. And I mean, if, if BLM is having a riot and they're breaking down our businesses and we're Christians, well, we're going to actually have to be involved in it. I mean, we're going to have to deal with this. Well, yes, yeah, especially if somebody's over here trying to, to burn your house down. I mean, you're, you're, you're in it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, whether you want to be or not. So fortunately here in Texas, we haven't had as much to too deal much, with. Yeah. There are different parts of our country. This has been real problems. It has. Now, when, when we're talking about the woke gospel, and that is the church... You know, I, I ask myself the question, Does should the church, or how deep should the church be involved in social issues or this particular concept or what's going on with this wokeism? And when, when, when asking that question, what does God say? You know, um, uh, you know uh, I don't want to keep talking all over, but when Jesus was asked about paying his taxes, this is just, he was, uh, he, he looked at them, he said, give unto Caesar what is Caesar's, give unto God what is God's. So, but he definitely and definitively segregated those two. Yes. Now we talk about, in our country, we talk about separation of church and state. Okay, there you go. That's, uh, but... Tell me, what, Pastor, what do you feel that that is? Why did that? we talk about that? Is that for ch- that the church people shouldn't be involved in so state issues? Or is that more the other direction? What do you feel? Well, I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong, uh, you know. In, in, well, let's just put it this way. I mean, you have political years, you have elections, you mm-hmm. have things of that nature, and and uh, and I don't think there's anything wrong with anyone saying I want to I want to be a part of a political process. You know, certainly there's nothing wrong with a with a Christian running for an office. But as far as just the the day to day, honestly, I think Christians are too involved. I think they focus too much on what they see on television, what yeah. they see on social media. I'm not saying it's sinful. I just think it's a waste of time. Uh, most of us know what's going on in the world. I mean, you know, I don't hardly, I don't watch television. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, I, I, there's enough people that come and tell me what's going on. I don't even have to worry about it. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, but, but as far as, you know, what, what is our commission? Uh, Matthew 28, you know, go into all the nations of this world and make disciples. Mm-hmm. You know, a, a, a real simple remedy, you know, baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teach them to observe all things that I've commanded you. I mean, that's the mission of the church. Yes. And within that, I believe if we carry that out the way God wants, uh, yeah, we're going to run into issues. Mm-hmm. 
because the gospel is uh, of, well, let's just put it this way. It can be very offensive yes. to someone who uh, doesn't want to submit to it. Uh, Paul, I mean, Peter uh, quoted the passage when he said that, that Jesus is the rock that either you can build on or you can stumble over. Yeah. Um, and so, so the gospel is going to call men to repent. Yes. It's going to call people to give up their hate. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter what the race is. Yeah. Give up their hate. Uh, it calls us to, to love one another. Yes. And, uh, and to care for one another. Even to prefer one another more than we would prefer ourselves. Yes. And, uh, and so, I mean, those things, uh, if we're talking about the woke movement, and, of course, we can get into the Black Lives Matter. And, yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, th- that just flies in the face of almost everything that they're doing. Mm-hmm. And that's that's sad. Well, you know, and I, I think a lot of this comes from this whole wokeism and all this, is that there is this necessity for people, they want to be treated fairly. Okay? Now, <laughs> that, that could open up a big tunnel oh, right there. Yeah. Okay, to be treated fairly. But here's, here's the problem. Life isn't fair. No, it's not. And, uh, you know, the thing is, is that when I say that, well, did everything, you know, when I, I start comparing societies and I look at, so look at our disciples, look at the disciples of Jesus. Um, every one of those disciples were busy about preaching the gospel, doing what God had told them to do. And by the way, uh, one of them, uh, in relation to the Apostle Paul, yes. said these are the ones who turn the world upside down. So they were dealing with social issues. <laughs> they were. But 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 mm-hmm. they weren't dealing with them like we're dealing with them. They're dealing with them by preaching the gospel. And, of course, in that context, Paul says the idol is nothing. Yeah. That was a social issue. Okay. The, because there were people selling them. Oh, yeah. yeah they're the selling idol them. is nothing. He called people to repentance to give their life to Jesus Christ, to submit to his lordship. Yes. That was the definition of they're turning the world upside down. But you're right. Every one of them suffered. Every one of them suffered, and they all of them died, except for John. They died from an execution. Yes. And the thing is to say, well, the, you know, life isn't always fair. Well, what you say, well, I should be able to live my life and should be able to worship the way I want to worship. I should be able to go about and do this, that, and the other thing. But tell me, talk to me about those other Christians that are in those countries who, where they oppress their religion. Well, yeah, well, let's just take Iran for just a, just a, a, a country. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a dangerous place to be a Christian in a place that's ruled by Islam, yeah, and uh, in its government, you know, there are laws and things like that, um, and uh, you know, and, and, or China, we can use China. They have the mm-hmm. same situation, and these are people that don't have rights. They don't have the privileges. Let's say if you live in the United States, or if you live in England or France or somewhere like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, they don't have the right to be a Christian, so they have to keep things kind of quiet, and so their gospel is underground. Yeah. And uh and so that is in defiance of the laws of the land. Yeah. And uh but yet, you know, they they're going to serve God. And by the way, uh most of these people are having great success in reaching others for Christ. Yeah. 
You see, well, if you look back at the, the book of Acts and during that period of time, there became massive persecution yes. on the church, and that only fueled the fire of the gospel. Oh, it, it definitely did. I mean, when they it, it, what it did, it caused them to scatter everywhere. Yeah. And, you know, you read the book of Acts, Philip goes down there to Samaria and has a great revival. Before you know it, they're going everywhere. And, you know, and Saul of Tarsus gets saved. And, mm -hmm. and, uh, yeah. and then he starts going everywhere. Yeah, it, it's just it's just amazing. And, uh, and you know, it seems like the more that you beat these people and, and persecuted them, the more the church grew. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So... Okay, so within we're, we're living here in the United States of America, and then we have these issues. And over the last few years, like we said, this whole wokeism uh, has come about. And there are certain ways of, that the church can do, I think, one of maybe three things. Well, maybe more, but let, let me just take a couple of them. One, they can just ignore it. We're over here living our lives. We're segregated. And a lot of times Christians do that. They just say, come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and then I will receive you. Well, he was, ta uh, was he addressing the way that we should act as a people? I mean, we should, you know, you only drink mil milk from a Christian cow. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, that, that's a teaching on holiness, and, and, uh, and that had more to do with idol worship and sexual immorality than it had to do with... Uh, you know, uh, yeah, that had anything to do with politics. Or yeah, don't. Well, and then in the early church, they said, well, the early church, they all pooled all their monies and stuff together. They mm -hmm. sold, and then weren't they like a commune during that time? Or what well, was they it? They were a pretty tight group of people, but persecution took care of that. So, yeah. You know, it, it says uh, you got too tight together. We're going to throw some persecution <laughs> at you. You're no longer going to be here all over the but place. But they did have all things in common. And so yes. there was a community of faith, uh, which, you know, honestly, in a local church, you should have some of that. I'm not saying everybody has to sell their houses no, and pull no, all no, their no. money together, but I'm saying the ideal of having the unity of faith uh, yeah. is uh, a very, very powerful. Uh, it, it really is. And well, the Bible said, like, if we, we look at the book of Acts chapter 2, it says they were all in one accord in yeah. one place. Then God was able to move on them. Right. But we don't, uh, in the church, we don't have, yeah, <laughs> I don't yeah. want to get off subject, but well, yeah, yeah. But you didn't have the church all divided up among denominations and fellowships and, and all that. So, mm -hmm. um, so that that's where that went. Okay, let's let's, let's pull back. Social justice and Christianity. When I was going to college back in, well, what, what was the dinosaurs were still roaming there? Yeah. And I was like, no, I'm kidding. Uh, back in the 80s, early 80s, we had, uh, there's several books that came out, I remember, during that time. And they're talking about Christian Christianity and social justice. How are we as a church to... Um, to deal with or to even be involved in movements of social justice. Well, I mean, once again, I mean, how how are we defining social justice? I okay. Mean, are we talking about that we had slavery in this country and well, all over the world, to be honest, uh, up to a point to where everyone that's involved with that, all their relatives, 
are going to what? I mean, pay reparations to who? Yeah. Uh, th the problem with all of that is that that's not a biblical concept. Secondly, uh, I, I'm not aware. I mean, I'm not aware of any relative, and I, I know about almost five generations back. Yeah. I'm not aware of anyone. I've talked to some people. Did any of our family own slaves? To be honest with you, most of them couldn't afford to own a slave if they had wanted to. Yeah. yeah and uh, and there is another issue here. Um, you know, if this is being cried out, how many how many Africans sold their own people uh, in slavery, and how do we know who's connected to that? You see how silly that is to try to do that yeah. and say, let's go track down all their relatives and make them pray for reparations for all the people their people sold. Yeah, it, 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 There's no end to that. What that is is hate. Yeah. It's unforgiveness. And really it's unforgiveness in an odd sense because there's no one alive right now. There's no one alive that ever knew anybody that's alive yeah. that was a slave. And Martin Luther King Jr., when he was during the, I believe this was, was it the 60s? Yes. Or 50s, late 50s? Well, 60s. 60s? I mean, okay. yeah, well, you might have started in the early 50s, but I mean the highlight of it. Was the highlight of it was that during that time. The whole purpose of that movement was to say, okay, you know, during that time, and let's, let's paint the picture. I mean, there were bathrooms that said blacks only. Yes. There were ba and whites only we here. Jim Crow laws. Yeah. In the bus, you had to sit in a different place during the, that, uh, you know, the, the, the systematic, now they always love to use that term, but the systematic segregation of races was going on. And that of course we all know, and then we'll just go to go to the, 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 the base of it. The, it began with the hatred of other races. The hate, and that that's all stems from hate. But at the same time, the the purpose of that movement was to say, "Hey, let's join together. We should not have separate things. We should not be separated." Okay, so we shouldn't have separate bathrooms. We should be able to sit anywhere we want to on the bus. I don't care what color you are, what race you are, whatever. Uh, we should be able to live in harmony, you know, and of course that's what they're trying to do is live in harmony and that, which is a good concept and it's a good goal. However, reality, I don't know. It's, it's again, you're talking about the hatred that lives within people's hearts. Yeah. And, and that's, and that's really the bottom line. It doesn't matter whether you're white or black or Hispanic or you're Asian. Mm -hmm. it, it, if you have hate in your heart, that is sinful. Yeah. And the Bible is very clear. How can you say you love God whom you haven't seen if you hate your brother who you do? So the, you, you can't, those two things don't mesh together. Mm -hmm. It shouldn't matter whether you're black or white or you're Jew or you're whatever. It doesn't matter. No. Uh, you know, uh, in, in, in the Christian, well, in, according to the scripture, we all rally around the cross. We all rally around what Jesus did for us and salvation that comes through that. And, and then all those other things become indifferent. They, okay. they, they don't matter. Okay. So, okay, cool. Now, so let's take a look at all this, these injustices that this wokeism is really kind of bringing out today. 
And we're going to, I think what, today what we're going to try to do is kind of outline these things. We'll deal with them individually. Uh, we're going to look at what the church's response should be. Should they respond? Should they be? How involved should a church person or a, a Christian be in, in, in all of this or the church? Um, and, you know, tr try to work that out. But first of all, let's take a look at the different injustices. Now, the, one of them is LGBTQ issues um, uh, for gays uh, and transgender, queer, uh, what does all that mean? You know, lesbians, transsexual, all, all that fall within that type of, and that the issues that they are, are um, experiencing or perceived being experienced within our society. Now, I'm not saying well, what they're dealing with in the church. They're not going specifically at what the church is doing, but they're going society. And there's a lot of assumptions. There's a lot of, uh, um, well, proclamations about certain individuals that uh, are being done through all of this wokeism. Now, the second piece is Black Lives Matters or the prejudice and this specifically dealing with uh, black, the, you know, uh, people that are African-American that type of thing, and um, and we see the Black Lives Matter movement that it raised up during the time back of the few years when we saw riots, we saw in different cities and all this, and say uh, there was that one individual, that policeman that uh, held his knee on that uh, that uh, gentleman's neck until he died, right there on video, uh, and which really spurred off a lot of this and really lit the fire behind oh, all yeah, of this. And, um, and uh, okay, so, and of course, we, uh, just to state, we do not support any of that. If a policeman is, um, is corrupt, or if somebody is corrupt, if they kill another person, they need to be, they need to pay for it. And they, they need to be held accountable for that. But then uh, I think from that streamed the um, defund police movement, defund the police movement um, from off of that. And then uh, the next one here on this list here I'm, I'm reading is gender fluidity. And we're talking about the definition, the basic definition of what a man and a woman is or, well, we don't want to be called boy or girl. What do you want to be called? You know, uh, anyway, okay, we'll deal with that as we go on. Then the transgender issues, those individuals who want to, they don't feel that they are, um, they're right in what they were, they're, how they biologically were birthed as a boy or a girl with whatever the equipment is and all that. And so what they want to do is they want to transition to the other sex, to the other, okay. And then in that the society is oppressing them and they, yeah, they're refusing to accept them. Uh, another thing that stemmed out of this is the critical race theory. Yeah. Now, pastor, what do you understand a critical race theory? What is that? I mean, really, critical race theory is the mechanism that the uh, the woke church uses mm. as a, a basis for all their misinformation or misinterpretation of scripture. 
uh, critical race theory is, you know, when you look at the Bible, if you're going to look at it, in, you know, in the church, mm-hmm. you know, like a black person looks at the scripture and it reads differently for them than it does for me. And it, it gets really weird after a while, you know. You know, I've even heard people say, well, that's because you're white. You're looking at that because you're okay. white. And so they begin, and you be, what you do is you pit different groups against, against them, one another uh, yes and then how it manifests in the church and that is that you get different people criticizing other people because of their race and you make race the um, the central focus now mm-hmm. it's not that god doesn't recognize races because we see that in revelation that he redeemed from every tribe every nation every tongue of people for himself mm-hmm. so i'm not saying that it's wrong to say hey i'm african-american or uh but 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 or i'm white yes i mean what's wrong with that is that racist well here I, I'm, and, and, I'm Indian yeah, well, or I'm, I'm whatever we see we see a lot of the crt or i call crt but anyway a, a lot of this is that uh they say that uh, systematic racism yeah uh, uh, systemic that's yeah, the word systemic, systemic racism. racism in other words if you are white and you live in America, you are by definition racist. Isn't that strange? Yeah. And yet, if you are a black person, and uh, and you uh, and, and by the way, and this may seem this is just me. This is just my concepts about this. I I don't like using the word African American because mm-hmm. most of these people were not from Africa. No. And this is crazy. I mean, that's like me saying I'm a Native American. You know, because I've got a lot of Indian in me. Yeah. You know, so I, I, that's a personal issue with yeah, me. Yeah, sure. Uh, but, but you know, because I think we're all Americans, and I don't care what your color or race is. Mm-hmm. We need to rally around the fact yeah. that, that we live in the greatest country that's ever been on the face of the earth. Mm. Let's just put it this way. There's nobody trying to sneak into China. There's no. nobody trying to sneak into Russia or Iran or Mexico or anywhere else in this world. Everyone wants to come here. Yes. And despite our problems, this is a 99% of the world, if they could trade places with anybody yes. in this country, they would. They would. I don't care who they are. Yeah. And so I just, you know, so I mean, we're Americans, you know, whether mm-hmm. you're black, white, Hispanic, whatever you are, or white, you know, Indian or, <laughs> yeah, you know, but, but yeah, but it, it pits people against people. And and uh, you know, and, you know, and I and I thought about this the other day, and we, I knew we were going to be doing this podcast. I've been calling for what I will call racial unity mm-hmm. for decades. Okay. I mean, I can still remember being in our some of our Austin section meetings, getting a chance to preach, and I've made it very publicly until our churches can have black people, white people, Hispanic people and Asian people, until we can learn to come together and worship God together, mm-hmm. we'll never have a revival. No, but that's won't. not. But that's not critical, critical race theory. Critical race theory says, well, you know what, we're going to be a black church. Yeah, and, uh, see, and it, you it, know, it and, goes the opposite direction. Yes, it doesn't call for unity. <clears throat> it's segregated. And how I could say that is based on what I see in the New Testament and what it teaches. Mm-hmm. You know, hey, we all need, and by the way, in our church right now, uh, we have uh, almost every race in that sense, you know, as far as the, the basics of it, yeah. whether it be Asian or black or Hispanic uh, or, or white or Indian or mm-hmm. whatever. We have all people going to church together 
And uh, and I think that's amazing. And we're that's not great. the only, only people awesome. doing that. See, I was I was raised like that. Well, I, I lived out when I was out. Started going to church. I became a Christian at twelve. I was in Denver, Colorado. And every church that I have been in during that time in Denver and all that, and throughout, they have welcomed all races. Doesn't matter what your yeah. race is, because God does not. The Bible says that God is not a respecter of persons, wow. and that He does not. You know, I, I believe that God does not it does not uh, look at the color of your skin or whatever. He's looking at your heart. He's looking at you as a, a person. Um, and but this critical race theory. You know, the other day I I, I just had to mention this. I was over there. I was watching. It was on TV, and I was just passing by, and all of a sudden I was hearing this commercial of the this family. They're sitting at their table, and. Uh, they're just going about talking about thing, and then the little boy, uh, he stems up and he says, "Dad, did you realize that America is racist?" And, he, <laughs> and it shocked his dad. He's over there going, "What? What are they doing?" In other words, in their school, yeah. they were teaching them this critical race theory that if you're, uh, you know, that uh, you know uh, that there is racism and that systemic racism. Um, and, and, and all this type of thing, and that uh, all your founding fathers, they were racist, uh, all white people are racist. I mean, this type of thing, and which is just really, uh, you know, and of course, that, that, like I said, we're going backwards. In yeah. other words, Martin Luther King Jr. had this dream, right? He had a dream that we could all be together, and it doesn't matter what your race or your color is, is that we could all be together and do things and have a country of that uh, nature. And this particular thing that we're seeing now is only trying to drive a wedge and yeah. only trying to segregate. Well, critical race theory teaches people to hate. Yes. I mean, that's, uh, you know, that that's basically, I mean, you know, and just without going into great detail, what did Jesus teach us? He said, forgive your brother. Yes. Even if he sins against you, you know, over and over and over. 70 forgive, times yeah, 70. 70 by, times 70 was 490, I think. Yeah. A day, that's hard to do. Anyway, uh, you know, forgive your brother. Yes. He even talked about, he gave the parable of the Good Samaritan who was not a Jew. Mm -mm. You know what I mean? And helping someone. I mean... It, yeah, I mean, Jesus even went to a Samaritan woman who is basically what we would call a half-breed. She was half whatever, you know, you know, half Jewish, half whatever the Roman Empire had brought. Yeah. And, you know, because the Romans, they were really good about displacing people all over the place and putting them in with all, and they had a reason for doing that because they hoped you'd just fight with each other and you'd never get in unity and fight against them. Mm -hmm. And uh, so the church was born in that environment. Yes, and uh, and that's why there's so much writing about unity of faith, unity of the spirit, mm -hmm. the bond of peace, forgiveness. You know, the ideal that there is no distinction, and he gives there in Colossians the different races. Okay. And but what I'm saying is, it's critical race theory is 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 evil. I mean, there's no it other is. way to say it. Oh well, yeah, it, it, it's a poison that is trying to segregate, and frankly. I'm saying undo the work yes. of the civil rights movement and of Martin Luther King Jr. Oh, yes, it, it definitely does. In fact, what I found surprising, 
uh, is I saw a report. I don't know where I saw it. And now within the, I guess, BLM movement, they're calling for uh, black children to go to school separately from white children. The white children. Yeah. And I'm like, that is just the opposite of yeah. what the civil well, rights movement if, was if all somebody, about. If you'll take like a step crazy. back and look, if you look at the big picture, that's what's going on and is I they're trying that, to undo that, it. If Martin Luther King Jr. could be alive, he would have looked at that person and said, you, sir, are a racist. Yeah. That's what he would have called him. Yes. Because that, that was what they were fighting against. Yeah, you know, and uh, you know, and, but there, there's, there's a lot of people. But you see, here, here, here's the problem: we have Christians that are uh, that are half aware of things. Maybe they hear a little bit of it here and there, and they're not fully understanding of the situation. They don't know how do I respond to this. First of all, I don't want people think. Now, now let me just take it from an individual standpoint. I don't want people thinking that I'm a racist. I'm not racist. I don't care. I, I, it really doesn't concern me. And I'm a white male. Yeah. Okay. And uh, but uh, but secondly, yes, I am concerned about things that are matter to other people as well. Is that you know uh, when when we talk about different types of things like well. Um, you know, they're either segregated off or they're paid less than other people are done. You know, these type of these type of things that come out that we see happening in our society. And like, again, we have to go back to what you were talking about, Pastor, it was the bottom line, the a priori is hatred. Yeah. You see, in the term, and let me just explain that the, the term a priori, is a term that we use to say, where does it all begin? Where does it all begin? And what is the, what is this built upon? And any and whether you apply it to the this critical race there, the Black Lives Matters movement, or the wokeism or whatever, where or you apply it to say a person's faith, where do you, does your faith begin? It starts at one particular point, and what is that foundational belief, and or 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 concept or feeling? I don't know what you want to call it, but but this is hatred. Yeah, it's all it's all. A, yeah, I'm offended. I'm offended. I'm offended, yeah. and uh, you know, and, and, and I'm not saying that there's not racism in this country. Mm -hmm. There's, you're never going to get rid of that totally. I mean, when I say racism, I'm talking about laws. I'm talking about just within people's hearts. People's hearts. Well, it doesn't matter what race you are. No. There's always going to be people that have hate in their heart. Yeah. You know, and, and that's that's sad, but that's why the gospel was given to call men to repent. Yes. And uh, and that's part of what we repent of. That we repent of our sinful nature yeah. and what's going on. And that would be that. And again, like you said, uh, we'll, we'll deal with that in just a minute. Uh, talking about, um, who was it, Charles Finney? Yes, Charles Finney. And, and, and the, we're talking about, you know, uh, what, late 1800s. Yeah, he was and, an, uh, uh, you know, evangelist. an evangelist. Uh, they say that there was probably never an, uh, an evangelist more effective than maybe the Apostle Paul himself. Wow. It's high praise over, uh, I think, 
it's over 90 something percent of all people saved in a Finney revival uh, became a a faithful member in a church, raising their family in church. Yeah, faithful, faithful. Their, their communities. Yes, I mean it is. I mean that's that's historically. By the way, Charles Finney was a white man. Yes. Okay. Well, and so let's keep that all in mind. I'm not I'm not making an issue of it, but but it doesn't matter. All kinds of people, no matter what their races were, came to Christ, and what they did not do is they didn't rally and say, let's close, close all the taverns down, all the beer joints. Let's, no. Let's close all the, pardon the term, if that's what they called them, whorehouses. Yeah. Let's, let's don't do, no, just get people saved and they quit going to the tavern, they quit going to the whorehouse, they quit doing these things. Yeah. Nobody's censoring them. They just preach the gospel and enough people are changed by God that they don't want these things anymore. Yeah, and see, that's the power of the gospel. We did the podcast several weeks back on the power of the gospel, uh, that that is what changes lives. That's yes. what changes people. You know, you, you know, you cannot legislate morality on a person. You can, you could try to, you can try to say, well, you're not supposed to do this or like, I mean, like uh, murdering somebody. I mean, it's a lot, you know, you can't murder. You're going to go to jail. You're going to go to death penalty or whatever. But at the same time, murder still abounds. Yes. I mean, you, you can pass all the laws you want against what you perceive are injustices. You can even take biblical themes and you can pass laws. And I'm not saying there are not laws that should not be passed. Of course. I'm not at all. I, in fact, what Martin Luther King did in the civil move, civil rights movement, I support. Mm -hmm. That needed, Jim Crow laws needed to be done away with. Yes. They were racist. Yes, they were. You know, it's horrible. And... Uh, but on the other hand, you can pass whatever laws you want. Yeah. It will never stop the sinfulness of a uh, of the sin in the heart of yeah. man. The only thing to stop that is the gospel. Because the ideal that we present Jesus is Lord, there we have people coming to you know submitting to his lordship, a change in their heart. In other words, they get a new spirit. Mm -hmm. In other words, a regeneration, the Spirit of God comes to live in them. Yes. Their body becomes the temple of the Holy Spirit. They get a new nature. Now, that doesn't mean that there's not things in the, in the, in the, in the thought process of people. That's where renewal of the mind comes in, yes. and that's why we disciple people. Yes. But what I'm saying is when you get your nature changed, the nature of God is to love people, mm -hmm. not hate people. That's right. And that, that's, you know, that's, they will know we are Christian. Well, we sing that old song, By Our Love, but that basically sums up uh, a lot of scripture talks about love. Um, so we, we're dealing with wokeism. We're dealing with all these different subject matters here. Oh, the last one I didn't throw out there was cancel culture. Oh. Uh, yeah, they want to cancel everybody. You see that right now with Will Smith. I was just looking in the, uh, he goes up and he goes at the uh, Oscars and he goes up and he slaps this uh, comedian named yeah. Chris Rock yeah. across the face. And then all of a sudden, you know, n nobody, they, they all, they didn't do it. The whole crowd didn't do anything about it. No. And they said, wow, we were thinking about, you know, they all of that was 
after the time. They had to come up with something to try to justify their actions. But then, then they allowed him to sit there. Then he went up and got an award, and everybody had a standing ovation for this man <laughs> that just cold-cocked this comedian on the stage in front of God and everybody, right? Yeah. And so, but now what happens is, is that there is, I'm going somewhere with this, there is a movement to, um, to now, we got to, oh, well, we didn't say the right thing, we didn't do the right thing at that point, and all that, we didn't even think about it, or maybe they didn't care for that matter. And so now what we got to do is, okay, then you hear, you uh, well, um, uh, the people, the officials at the Oscars, uh, they, have, they, they considered kicking him out of there. Why didn't you? Yeah. Okay, anyway, I don't get, get, get well, me started. I mean, what, where, where was security? Yeah, where was security on I mean, that What did one? they think he was going to do? It took him a little while to walk up there. Yeah. What did they think he was going to do? He was going to go over there and give him a kiss? Now, you know, I mean, I mean <laughs> you know, and, and, and like I said, you know, people have weighed in on that issue and all like that, and I realize that, that that's a hot topic, but yeah. I'm going to be honest with you. If Chris Rock would have been saying ugly things about my wife, I'm not saying I went up, went up there and hit him, but I would have definitely told him to shut up. Yeah. I would have stopped that. Yeah, because I believe that was uncalled for, making fun of her having a medical condition that she has no control over. Yeah, that'd be like looking at somebody that's paraplegic, start making fun of them. Yeah, I don't like that. By the way, I'm being fair on this. Yes. Uh, when uh, then Donald Trump was running for president, yeah, and made that, that little mind. statement about uh, Jeb Bush's mommies here. Um, if that would have been me. Well, let's just say I'd have done something different than Jeb Bush. I would have never got to Donald Trump because that had security to stop me. But I guarantee you wouldn't have said it again. Yeah. That was uncalled for. Yeah, it, it, it's uncalled for. It's it, it's uncalled for to, to do. I don't care if Chris Rock is a comedian. I don't care who he is. You don't sit there and do things like that. I mean, yeah. I, you want to make, you want to have jokes. You want to do something. You don't have to do it at somebody's handicap or somebody's no. physical condition no. No. or anything like that. I, I just don't like stuff like that. I yeah. Don't, well, I'm not a Chris Rock fan anyway. I no, don't, no. Not because he's black. I just don't like their kind of comic content. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of know. cursing. There's a lot of things. Yeah, so that, that's but, a separate issue. Yeah. But okay. So uh, anyway, I'm, I'm going about using this, the cancel culture. So what they did, now they're going to take it. They're talking about taking his Oscar away. They're talking about this and the other thing. <laughs> now I, you read every day something pops up. Well, Chris or uh, uh, Will Smith was going to be doing a special for Netflix, and now Netflix put it on hold. <laughs> or they shut this down, or they shut that down, and they 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 they're all trying to appear like they care about the situation. You see, here, here is where, and where I'm getting with this, is I'm getting down to the heart of men who want to make an appearance yes. that they, they, you know, to say the right thing. You want to say the right, you want to do the right thing now, and in order, and they're willing to take Will Smith and destroy him, destroy his um, career and all the many years that he's done, all the different things that he's done, and they want to destroy him in order 
for them to look like they are politically correct. Now, there's that term. Yeah, politically, politically correct. correct. You know, the, I mean, I can understand in that situation someone taking a deal and and, and saying, we do not agree with what he did. We, mm-hmm. This was wrong and uh, and all like that. And maybe what we will do is you can't come to the Oscars next year. Yeah. You know, there'll be some form of punitive, punitive you know, uh, as far measures, as that. Yeah. But the bottom line, if Chris Rock has not filed charges on him and Chris Rock has not, it, to, my, to my awareness, I don't think anything's happened. I do believe Will Smith has apologized. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, but that's that's not good enough in our culture. That's no. another thing about critical race theory. When is enough enough? Yeah. When 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 when, is it, when when do we have to pay back enough money? When do we have to sit there and say I'm sorry? How many times do we have to say it before well, he, he, here, it's over? Yeah. Here is another concept. You say well, we, we it's built upon hatred. Yes. Yeah. But on top of that, unforgiveness. Yes. When when am I finally forgiven? Yeah. I mean, you know, do I have to give half my salary to somebody else mm-hmm. for 10 years? Is it over? Yeah. Or is it like, no, to the day you die, there is no forgiveness? Well, I it, mean, what, 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 is, what, what is the end game there? Yeah. And well, this exposes the evilness, I feel, within man, the greediness, the greed. You don't think that a lot of this is not fueled by greed. Oh, sure it is. They want their money. Oh, we got to pay us. Give us whatever you can. Give us the whole thing. Give us millions of dollars and stuff like this. And then, and I'm sorry, I I know we're dealing with current issues and stuff like that, but I'm going to say it. And now they're looking into the heads of the BLM movement organization because they just bought themselves a a $6 million mansion. (laughs) And I said, well, where did all the money go? Well, you know, the bottom line is, if you, as a believer, Mm -hmm. I'm going to use this as a believer, you claim to have the Spirit of God in you, you follow Christ, if you were dumb enough to give money to the BLM movement, you have nobody to blame but yourself. yourself. That's right. What did you think they were going to do with it? I mean, what, what does any of these organizations ever do with it? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I guess... To me, why there's a shocker on it, you know, that's yeah. because greed and because when you have hatred, you're going to have greed, you're going to have jealousy, you're going to have, you know, all the little nasty things of desire and lust that go mm-hmm. with it. I mean, you don't get to you don't get to hate your brother and then everything else is, oh, I'm a Christian over here. No, it will it will eat away at every fabric of your yes, life when you have hate in your heart. Yeah. It, it, that this is the nature of it. It's like if you have love in your heart, it affects every part of your life. Well, you see, and that's what the whole message of the gospel is, is that love. Yes. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And, uh, and all of that and all the talk about how that we need to love one another. If you hate your brother, the love yeah. of the father to that effect is yeah, not in you. It's not in you. It's not in you. And even to the point... Of that, I don't. I don't believe that a, a Christian that has hatred in their heart. Well, first of all, it, uh, well, yeah, let's just take hatred. With hatred in their heart, can they make heaven? I mean, are they a Christian? No, I don't think so. I don't know how you can. Now, I understand a Christian could become offended 
because yeah. of something that was done. Now, let's use the worst possible thing I can think of at the moment. Okay. Let's say you're a woman, you're a Christian woman, and you're in a Walmart parking lot. Somebody snatches you, a couple of guys, and they gang rape you. They don't kill you. Yeah. They gang rape you. I can understand how a woman under those circumstances would experience fear. Mm-hmm. That's not from God. No. It's it's an injustice done to her. She's yes. not responsible for it. She's not. But there could be guilt. There could be, I feel dirty. Yes. And I can understand how all of that could turn into just pure out anger and hate. Now, can a Christian experience those things? Of course they can. Of course. But what the Spirit of God is going to do is he's going to bring comfort and he's going to bring somebody to the point where they can forgive. Yeah. And forgiveness is powerful. Because the only if you have hate in your heart, what you've allowed, you've allowed what you hate to dominate you. Because what you hate, you have not forgiven. Yes. So you have allowed other people or a person to basically have control of your life. You've allowed them to, to dominate everything in your life. You forgive people and you say, God, you know, I'm going to let you deal with all this stuff. I forgive them. I love them. Yeah. And, and I want the best for them. And, and just help me with my feelings. And the Lord will do that. Yes, he will. That's counsel I've given gobs of people when it comes to forgiveness. Yes. You know, it doesn't mean all your feelings are going to sort out overnight. <laughs> you got to work no, through no, that. No, 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 no. You know, that's why you pray for your enemy. So you, the more you pray for your enemy, the better you feel about your enemy. That's what's the deal there. But what you do is you, it's... If I hate somebody, I give them control of my life, even if they don't know it. Yeah. I I give them power. This can affect every relationship that I have, and uh, so to let go of that is uh, is what uh, what a Christian should do. Yeah. Now, if you are someone that's not a Christian, uh, that's part of what repentance is. I mean, you're going to get a nature change, and God's going to change the way you think about that. Yes. 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 And um, okay, cool. Now. We talk about okay and uh, okay so let, let's I'm gonna I'm gonna come back here we we've looked at these different issues here. Um, there was a statement that I saw that uh, one individual made, and he's he he talked about the Bible. There's a there's a discussion between a preacher and then I believe I'm not sure uh, if the man was Islamic or whatever. Maybe he, he was just an agnostic. He was an atheist, I think. I mean, he may have been an atheist from what I remember. But anyway, he, he talking about these, these uh, particular issues with wokeism and all this, and he made a statement. He said, how can I believe in a book that has been used to support uh, abuse, has been used to support racism, has been used to support all these evil things that the, these people have done against humanity. And when you look at that, first of all, the question in my mind is, first of all, has the Bible been used in an inappropriate... Well, okay, I'm, now I'm making a judgment. Has the Bible been used to support suppression slavery, uh, things that we would consider immoral. Well, yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean, they, 
I say used. Um, this goes back to what we talk about all the time, and that is that people do not apply proper hermeneutics to Scripture. That's I right. Mean, and so you get people who misapply things. Listen, you, the, the slavery issue. Yeah. Uh, a very hot topic in this country. I'm just talking, slavery is all over the world. There's still slavery today. Yeah. But, but I'm talking about historically, you know, uh, uh, in, in this country. Uh, there are preachers in the South that, um, that supported slavery. Yes. Is that a biblical concept? I mean, yes and no. And then let me, I'll explain myself in a second. You had preachers in the in the north that just railed against it. Yes. Did they have a biblical concept to do that? Yes and no. They were both right, but then they were both wrong. First of all, the Bible doesn't forbid slavery. No. It doesn't. But it doesn't it, encourage it. It doesn't. Either. No, it doesn't encourage it. Uh, in fact, uh, if we just look at from New Testament, we can go by the Old Testament scriptures to deal with this as well. But, but in the New Testament, slavery was an issue. It was just an issue of the day. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, it, it was a part of the Roman Empire's culture. Right? It was just the way it was. Yeah. And uh, Paul dealt with it not by telling slave owners to set their slaves free. He told them to treat them right. Treat them like a brother in Christ. Yes. We're all going to church together. Yeah. You know, so, and that's why they would say, well, Paul didn't condemn slavery. Well, no, he didn't condemn it, but he didn't encourage it either. No, no he didn't. And and that this is, this is the thing. The Bible itself does not support no. slavery. No, it does not. And, but, but at the same time, and, then, and I think this is, this is where we come into a collision of culture in Bible or Christianity. Yeah. Now, I believe slavery is horrible. Yes. But am I basing that on a biblical concept? Well, from a standpoint, yeah, anyone, anytime you're bound, oppressed, you know, in that sense, well, the Bible does talk about that. Yes. You know what I mean? Even if we're talking about spiritual means and whatever mm -hmm. else. And, uh, and I would have been one of those that would have probably put a bunch of chains on myself and been in the Senate and talked about the evils of slavery because there's a lot of them that was going on yes. and, uh, and would have sought to abolish it. But I wouldn't have been basing that just singly on Scripture. I would have been doing it on just good, decent human behavior. Well, and you see and that God that's, calls that's us the to level. love one another. That's the know? level of what the Bible talks about and is dealing with. Yeah. Um, now, and I remember you, well, you were just saying that, it reminds me how that a person who owes debt to someone, in fact, the Bible does talk about that, can become slave to that individual. Yes, yes. And, and if you look at certain laws, it's that in certain times of culture, I'm not talking about the Bible says to do, it's that this was going on, is that if a person owed money to somebody, yes, then they would either you either pay up or else you work it off right you become a slave in a sense for a certain period of time for a certain until you way, work they, off that debt they were provisions for you to be perpetually yeah a servant or a slave if you chose to even after you paid it off some people did that because they didn't want to starve to death yeah 
I mean, you know, I mean, so that we're talking about in Old Testament times. There, yes. there were provisions made for that. And so, you know, that was in and of itself. God never encouraged any of the Jewish people to have slaves. No, not at all. Never did. And uh, the only reason we have the slavery even really dealt with in the New Testament is because in the Roman Empire there was slavery. It yeah. was considered legal. And, uh, and so those passages of Scripture that deal with masters and slaves, uh, they would have been very, very ethical during that time. Yeah. And, uh, and they are still ethical to people who are in those positions today. Okay. But, uh, but as far as, in, in, you know, if you're living in a free country, uh, not that that's not God's word, but really that doesn't have anything much to do with you unless you're a master or a slave. Yeah. I don't believe in spiritualizing them to mean something other than what they meant. Yes. And so, okay, so we're dealing with culture here, which is totally, you have to live within the world that you live in. Yeah. Well, but Christianity mean? does not say you have to go, you know, and change that. Now, you gave a great uh, example of that one verse that, and you did that, I think, that we were preaching on that, about uh, that verse that I, the, the plans that I have for you, you know, the other in Jeremiah. In Jeremiah, yeah. no. What, what is it? What is? How does that verse go? It says. Well, it's you see, you know, it's Jeremiah writes a letter to the captives in Babylon. Okay. And uh, and it's a letter of encouragement. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's going to be a seventy year captivity. So that means almost everybody who reads this letter is going to die. You're yes. never going to get set free. Okay. And so there was an admonition to y'all get married, build houses, have children, have them build houses, and then he tells them to sell. Support the city. Wow. Support it. And that's the context. I know the plans that I have for you. They're plans for good to prosper. You have it expected in and all that. And that was in the context of, I'm going to take care of you where you're at. Yeah. But he tells them, he doesn't tell, y'all get together and have secret meetings and figure out how you can kill all these Babylonians. Yeah. That wasn't, the, that wasn't what he told them. And that is so shocking. And, and you know, and... We live, in, we live in a world where a lot of things that are done in our country are sinful and wrong. Mm -hmm. uh, the legalization of same-sex marriage, when God calls these things in the Hebrew toy pot, yeah. yet they have the legal right to do it. Yeah. Uh, there are millions of abortions that are going on uh, in this country. I, I think we're up to over, what, almost 70 million abortions. It's, it's, it's I mean, it's, phenomenal. About genocide. it's amazing. And you know what's interesting about abortions? If you break it by numbers, yeah. the overwhelming majorities are done on minorities. So and I guess, so I guess what I want to know is where are the black leaders today crying out against the racism of abortion? Well, and I believe you know, if I, if I was, I was, uh, that the um, it was the Planned Parenthood. Yes. What the, there was a cry, an outcry because Planned Parenthood would want to. They were raising up their offices for performing abortions in areas that were relatively poor and mm -hmm. minor uh, had a, a, a high yeah. minority population. It's population control. I mean, yeah, I, I believe all abortion is murder. It's murder. Yes. I, I, I think the Bible is pretty clear that life is precious, mm -hmm. um, that God knows us from our womb, 
for our mother's wound. Yes. Uh, the ideal of the, you know, from conception, I believe is where life begins. And I believe the Bible supports that. Yes. And so, you know, uh, I would love to see laws that would make it illegal to do that. I mean, there were laws at one time that, that did. Yeah. Uh, I'd like to see that. I really would because I'm, I'd like to see abortion come to an end in our country. I don't know if it ever will. But at this present moment, you have the legal right to have an abortion. Yeah. Now, there are some states it's harder to get it in. <laughs> yeah. Thank God. You know, but 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 that's the world we live in. We live in a world where abortion is legal, same sex is uh, is is legal, and uh, corrupt court systems. And uh, this is where we live. And so, what's our remedy? We preach the gospel. We preach the gospel, and we hope that the Spirit of God will draw people. We've mm -hmm. had to believe that He will, and uh, and that we change that'll change one heart at a time. Yes. And then before it's all done then you wouldn't have to worry about abortion because there's not enough people to support the places no, where they change want to abort. The, their heart changes. Yeah, we don't have to pass a law against it. What we need to do is just get enough people saved yes. that don't want to do it anymore. That, Like in the time of Finney, they had to close the bars and the yeah. brothels and all that type of thing. And maybe if 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 we can preach the gospel, people would be able, their cha lives are changing. Maybe these abortion clinics would, stop, would start oh, yeah. shutting down. Yeah, because if you don't have enough clientele, well then, well there you go, you can't, you can't stay in business. Yeah. And by the way, you know, when you come to, when we talk about legalities and stuff, mm -hmm. and, uh, and this is one thing that I've said for years, and I don't know how we can ever get it to stop, is that we need to quit tax funding people like Planned Parenthood. Yeah. I don't want to pay for abortions no. in my state. I don't want to pay for them anywhere. I don't mind paying taxes. Mm -hmm. I don't want my taxes going to pay for that stuff. Pay to pay for that. Yeah, yeah they can operate in, on their own level and all like yeah. that. Yeah. And I know why they don't want to because mm -hmm. abortion is in decline right now. Yeah. And, uh, that, and that's a good thing. That is a good thing. Alrighty. Well, I tell you what, Pastor, we are we've hit hit the mark. <laughs> yeah, um, we, we're, <clears throat> we've hit the mark. I think what we're going to do is I think that we're going to come back again next week. What I want to do is I want to kind of break down these individual injustices. I want to see first of all, or I think what we ought to do is see. Okay, are they an injustice? Okay, fine. If there's an injustice. How can we, as a, what is our response to that? What does the Bible say about yeah. that? And uh, like prejudice itself, one of the th first things that really comes to me is prejudice, because I mean, and I'm going to say this, and I'm not, I, I, I'm not going to denigrate anything of the church, but I remember years and years and years ago. I mean, I was very young, as a as a minister, we were very young, and I stood in in a living room. <clears throat> of a pastor that looked at there and had no trouble joking amongst his cohorts, the people of his church, using the N-word. You know what I'm talking yes, about. Yes, I know exactly what you're talking about. And, um, and uh, that just sickened me. Well, you know, one of the things I have done, and, uh, well, let's just, let, let me give an illustration right here. Uh, honoring Theo. Mm-hmm you know, uh, Wonderful. that are in our church and all their children and everything like that. I, when I look at uh, Theo, I don't think that's a black man. No. By the way, he is from Africa. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so is she. Um, 
I had to tell one of my associates years ago, he he mentioned one of the ladies in the church, it was Linda Kay. Her name was Linda Kay. Mm-hmm. By the way, she, her and her family watched our kids. I picked her up for church all the time because mm-hmm. she didn't have driver's license. Yeah. And, I, and I brought her to church all the time. I mean, we're, we're good friends to this day. All my family and her family and mm-hmm. her daddy taught me how to barbecue and you know and, and I, yeah I got to be a part of his funeral he was 97 years old when he died wow. and, so and I got to tell that little story about you know how he taught me how to do all that and and uh, but anyway his name was Jasper okay uh, but um, you know one of my associates mentioned uh, her and said yeah you know she's a black lady I said why don't you say that yeah. said, well, what, what, what do you mean I said that's Linda Kay yeah why I, I don't look and say, hey, look at that. There's Vanelle, that white woman. No, we don't do that. Why, 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 do we, why do we feel the need to do that? And so it's getting it out of your vocabulary. Yes. And, uh, you know, so when I, when I come in the church and I see someone of a different color, I don't say, oh, there's Graciela, she, the Hispanic woman. Uh-huh. That would be silly. No, it, it is. What difference does it make what her color is? Or, or look at uh, 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 Rena and say, oh, she, she, you know, she's, she's, uh, she's Asian. Yeah. Why would I want to do that? Why would you? No. I mean, why, what difference does it make? I mean, and, you know, so, you know, I, I, I don't understand those concepts. Mm-hmm. And I think some of them stem just from our upbringing and some of our upbringings were racist yes they were and and, uh, uh, and you have to break away from those things well and uh it, we were, were kind of uh, over time but we talk about generational curses and i, I don't yeah. want to get into that whole subject right now but uh quick synopsis on that is that our fathers committed sins our fathers yes. had certain things maybe they were an alcoholic maybe they were whatever had lust problems or whatever but uh and you can use biblical examples like king david and what happened yeah. to his kids but anyway well not not at this time but the the thing is is that the next generation has to say no more yeah somebody got to draw the line and say that's it no more yeah. and you see that i believe is what dr martin luther king jr was pointing at and what it was getting to is that we need to stop the segregation Yes. And now a lot of this stuff is trying to push us back. But what we're going to do is we're going to deal with these particular issues, these social issues that we're talking about, talk a little bit about, look at it from a biblical standpoint. And, um, but then we need to draw the line when it comes to, you know, like you were saying, is that we need to preach the gospel. And um, anyway, I, there's so much that could go on from here, but we need to wind it up. But next week, we're going to talk about it, and we're going to begin and uh, with these issues and talk about the issues uh, of, uh, of the woke movement and how the church's response is to that. Now, I want to encourage you all that to, uh, if you're on Facebook, come to our page, Foundations Podcast page. Like the page. Go on there and like it, because we're, we're giving, putting a lot of information out. Um, about the podcast. We have a newsletter that's going to be coming out in the middle of the year. We have uh, other booklets and books that are uh, actively in development right now. And, uh, and we have our seminar. And we've got a seminar coming up in May. Yeah, in May. In May, uh, May 13th, 14th, and 15th. Of course, that's the Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And uh, we're going to be doing a live podcast. Now, what we're going to do, though, 
is that um, not only are we going to be live doing the podcast within our church, is I believe that we're going to go ahead and go live on Facebook. Yeah, we, it'll be it'll be a it'll be a podcast, but it'll be uh, well it, we'll have to post that later on, yeah. on the deal. But on Facebook, you'll be able to observe the podcast. Yes, and uh, so this will be the first time we ever been visual. Mm-hmm. <laughs> First time ever, I, I gotta actually make sure sure I'm not my pajamas or anything. So yeah, so uh, you know, uh, and and also uh, we'll be uh, we'll be uh, filming that uh, on uh, our Facebook channel, River of Life. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, you know, uh, well, the River of Life Church, our, yes. our River of Life uh, uh, Facebook page. And if you want to watch that, I mean, if you do. Then find us on uh, on Facebook. Facebook. You know, if you can't well, find subscribe it, to the Foundations podcast yeah. or go to River of Life Church. Yeah. Uh, on uh, Facebook, and then what you can do is uh, you'll be able to. That'll come up on your feed so that you yeah, can actually yeah. You tune just in. Ask to be uh, our our deal. It's uh, you know, we're segregious anyway. No, no, you have to ask permission to be a part of it. We have reasons why we do oh, that. Oh yeah. By the absolutely. way, I never refuse anybody that no, wants to be. No, you never we do have. that because we never we have people sometimes do things they shouldn't do on our Facebook page. Yeah. And so we have had to stop that. But <laughs> but no, just just you know request a, a, a friendship on it, mm-hmm. and what I'll do is I I will approve it or the secretary will approve it mm-hmm. because we in fact I just approved some people I never met in my whole entire life. Wanted to be on there. That's good. I just approved them. I don't even know That's who good. they are. And uh, now, if they act up, we, we well, yeah, have of rules, course, you know, be, you know, but, you uh, got to behave yourself. Yeah, but, but what I'm saying is, you do that, and then what will happen is, if you are a member of that Facebook deal, mm-hmm. then uh, when we start to film this on Facebook, the podcast. It'll notify you. Yeah, it'll notify you. It might even notify you on the other one too. I don't know. And and then also, in case you miss it or what have you, you You can can go back back and and see it again. You can watch it. So it's going to be interesting. Yep, it's going to be interesting. We're looking forward to it. All righty, God bless you all. Thanks for tuning in on the podcast. We will. uh, We're going to continue our efforts into wokeism next week. So uh, make sure you don't miss the uh, podcast. God bless you now.